Why, hello there, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormon Sisters Edition with your hosts, Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales. Twim Nation, we are very happy to have you with us. Yes, we're here for our monthly podcast for the month of July. Yes, to talk about all things that are happening in the world of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's right. So we're mid-July now. Yes, we are. Halfway through summer, sticky floor season. Yes, we did discuss that last month. Last month, you felt like it was halfway through summer, even though you were only a few I weeks know. into summer. Now it's actually halfway through summer. and You're not in a straight jacket yet. No, but I'm good. I got my fill. Okay. The school supply list came out recently, and I was like, I'm okay with that. So, <laughs> But we're doing good. We're, we're chugging away. I do have to say, speaking of school supplies, I was in Staples. In fact, it was the mm-hmm. Saturday before Father's Day. So this is like, this is, this is mid-June. The ink is not even dry on my daughter's high school graduation diploma. And I'm in there, and they have their school supply stuff set up. Wow. And I'm like... Come on, folks. We just barely got out of school. That's a little bit early. I thought it was a little bit early myself. I think it's appropriate to wait till mid-July because by then all the moms are like, all right, okay, yeah. We're ready to go school supply (laughs) shopping. But yeah, seriously, I'm like, the ink isn't even dry. What's wrong with you people? Wow. Anyway. So so. yes, we are surviving now. Thriving, maybe not thriving, but we're surviving. Surviving, (laughs) exactly. We're having a good time. We are heading out this week for a family reunion. Yes, that is always a Mormon tradition of summer. It is. Family reunion. So this is on my husband's side and we do it every other year. So it's been, been a couple years. So everyone's excited. Bags are packed. Yes. T-shirts have been made. Schedules and agendas have been passed out. Oh, good. Meal assignments, activity assignments. (laughs) All the things. You have all of the makings of a well-planned reunion for a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're very excited, though. Our kids love it so much, and they can't wait to see all the cousins. Yeah, because for them, it's like a week-long party with their cousins. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then literally like two days after we get back from that, my oldest daughter leaves on trek. Now, so we had to pack the trek bucket last night. (laughs) Okay. Now, see, when I went on trek last summer, it was a stake trek, but you guys are doing a ward trek. Yeah. So now tell me about packing the trek bucket, because I had very specific ideas last year when I packed my trek bucket. Um, you know, it wasn't too bad. They gave us a list. I got all the things on the list. I'm feeling super prepared right now because I was like, we're doing this before the family reunion, packing the bucket, getting it all together. Um, so yeah, we got it together. She's got all the things, the clothes, the sunscreen. She is not thrilled about the Pioneer attire. I have to say that is her biggest hang up about Trek. Really? (laughs) She does not feel the Pioneer clothes are very fashionable. (laughs) Did you explain to her, honey, everyone's going to be in pioneer clothes. Y'all are going to be unfashionable. You'll be equally unfashionable. I did. And I'm pretty sure that when she actually gets there, she'll realize there's a whole lot of other things to worry about. Exactly. Well, and I want to comment for a moment on her pioneer fashion because I'm taking a little offense at this, her lack of liking the pioneer fashion because she is taking three skirts with her. Two of which I made last year for my daughter, which were completely fashionable because I would not let neither myself nor my daughter go on trek in unfashionable attire. And the third one she and I made together. And it's totally cute because, again, aunts don't let their nieces (laughs) trek in ugly clothing. 
That's true. It's it's cute. It's fine. Sorry. She's she's, she's don't, gonna don't take offense. It's her age. <laughs> I know I'm not taking offense. It is her age. She's twelve. But yes. So we're very excited for Trek. I think I said in a previous episode, I'm hoping she comes back super grateful for her home and all of the nice, wonderful luxuries of life that she enjoys. This might be my main goal of Trek. I mean, also, I hope she has a spiritual experience too, of course. Yes. <laughs> but I keep telling her she could be one of the last ones because I don't know if it's going to survive I, the new program that's I know. coming out. Well, and Jeff was talking about that a little bit in the, mm-hmm. in the last episode is it can really be considered Mormon cosplay. If it's done yeah. not correctly. Yeah. So he, he's not a fan. He is not a fan. And, and I have to say, I am a fan if it is done correctly. Right. You know, um, I don't think starving the kids. I don't think emotional manipulation no. of the kids. I don't think any of that it brings a Trek experience. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's where you have to be so careful not to get exactly too emotionally manipulative because they easily go that way. Exactly. And, you know, you notice the guidelines that came out for girls camp said, you know, stay away from the mo- emotional ma- manipulation stuff. You want mm-hmm. to truly feel the spirit. And so I know I've talked about this in the past, but you know, the way that my stake did it was, you know, they were, you know, hands up out front with the kids saying, we're not recreating what the pioneers did. You know, if, if you think, if you're coming here thinking this is a recreation, that's, that's not what's happening. Yeah. We're dressing up in pioneer clothing and we're pulling hand carts and stuff, but you know, we're here to appreciate their hard experiences and how they came to Christ so that you can then take your hard experiences and figure out how you could come to Christ through your hard experience. You know, the kids are fed, they're sleeping in tents and sleeping bags with pads. I mean, this is this is this is glamping. This is trek glamping in my steak. Right. <laughs> well, we're not quite as glampy. I think they're sleeping in the open air. Here's my concern. Okay. <laughs> we have to go pick them up. Actually, I think it's like a really in theory great idea. Okay. Like, at the end of trek, they want all the families to come up to this I guess, town where they're going to walk in up in the mountains. And so they want us to be like the greeter. The cheering on. The arrival party. Yes. When they arrive. Yeah, you did it. And then we're supposed to take our own kids home, Um, which I'm a little concerned about the smell of my car. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I'm such a diva. I'm so selfish. As well you should be. She's going to be three days with no shower and teenage hormones. Three nights, four Four, almost, three nights, four days? Four, almost four days. Oh, that's insane. And no showers. So I packed a big old thing of baby wipes in her bucket. And I was like, girlfriend, you got to wipe all over, all the time. And then like all the things. <laughs> I'm like, just spray the bug spray. It'll cover up all the smell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, so, you know, anyway. I'm going to be really interested to see how this party goes because it has been my experience. Like you tell people, oh, they're going to arrive at a certain time. Right. Things happen along the trail. I mean, they could either get there before you do, or you guys could be standing around for two hours I waiting know. for them. It'll be interesting. And we're all supposed to, ha- it's supposed to be like a ward party. Like the, uh-huh. the whole ward is supposed to go up if, uh-huh. they, if they can. Yeah. And have like a potluck thing. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um if I mean, I'm sure the kids will be hungry, so yeah. I'm sure they'll eat. I'm picturing this will be an eat and run kind of event. I because would imagine. I don't think anybody's going to want to hang around very long. No. First of all, <laughs> if I were a Trek mom, pa, I'd be like, "Give me out now! I want to go home. <laughs> Where's my car? Where's my car?" <laughs> Pretty much, probably the kids too. They That's might be sick I'm of thinking. their families by then. That's what I'm thinking. So we'll see. It okay. should be fun. 
Well, on a different note, my ward has started an interesting thing this summer. They have done it one time. They did it in June, and they're doing it again tomorrow night. Now, I did not go to it in June. Admittedly, I was a little reluctant as to whether or not I wanted to participate in this activity, which I know is like, that's a really poor attitude. (laughs) I I freely own and admit my poor attitude. Mm -hmm. So I am going tomorrow night with a much better attitude. Okay. They are doing a monthly ward family home evening. So the way that they are doing this Mm -hmm. is they have reserved a pavilion at one of our local parks. Okay. And it's from six to eight and you show up and you bring whatever main dish you want your family to eat. Okay. Okay. So you're fixing your own food with whatever you want your family to eat. Mm -hmm. And then you bring some sort of a side dish to share. Okay. So that's what, that's what we're doing. So I, right before we started recording, I said, Hey, I need your chicken salad recipe because I'm going to make chicken salad sandwiches for my family. My chicken's been cooking in my slow cooker all day today. Ooh, nice. I know. Okay. That sounds like a cool idea. I know. And then I, the summer, they won't do it in the, during the school year. Yeah. They won't. I, I, maybe in September. I mean, Uh I think they'll just do it till it gets too cold. Right. You know, to really, to really Uh go to the park. But from what I heard last time, they had a really good turnout and Uh people showed up and it was a chance to visit because sometimes on Sunday you don't get a chance to visit. It didn't require a lot of organization on anybody's part to, you know, show up and decorate or anything like that. The kids all ran around. There's a splash pad and monkey Mm -hmm. bars and the kids all ran around and had a good time. So I love that idea. I know. So I'll return and report on Ward Family Home Evening. Sometimes those simple activities are the best ones. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Should we move on to members of the church in the news? I think we should move on to news involving the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There are a lot. We were worried that like, since Jeff recorded last week, yeah. there would be no... It's that, July that would That he would cannibalize yes. everything. July has been a busy month. July has been a busy month. And June. Yes. So, so we've kind of broken this down today into kind of three sections. That's so right. we've got our entertainment section because we have a lot of stories in the news. Uh, that involve entertainment. And then we've got a regular news section. And then you may have remembered last month, we were bemoaning the fact that we were not having um, our favorite section, Mormons behaving badly. We just, the Mormons were all behaving themselves. They were being good. So, I mean, it was a good thing, but we were kind of like, oh, that's yeah, this is unusual. (laughs) I know. And this week, we've got three stories of Mormons behaving badly. Apparently, they heard our call to rebel. They go in spurts, I they tell do. you. They there's, really do. There's waves, and then it's quiet for a while, yeah. and then there's another yes. spurt. So we've got three stories that we will share of Mormons behaving badly. All right. So okay. we're going to start Let's with start entertainment. entertainment stories. There are a lot of these this month. So the first one we have is NBC has a new reality show on for the summer called Bring the Funny. And it is a competition show that features comedy acts. And the winner has a chance to win $250,000. So if you will recall, Studio C, the original Studio C cast kind of graduated, passed on the torch and started their own studio called JK Studios where they're doing their own videos and yeah, YouTube. Yeah, and aren't they doing it on YouTube? Yeah, I believe they're They're, they're not producing it. content for BYU TV yeah. anymore. Yes, yes, they have moved on. So they're doing YouTube stuff now. So they went on the show. Okay. Um, and they did really good. They did now, a little sketch. Remind me, who are the judges on that show? Does the article say who yeah, the judges are? So there was Chrissy Teigen, okay. Jeff Foxworthy, and um, 
the SNL guy, Keenan. Oh, Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Okay. So those were the judges. Um, they went on. They did a funny sketch. You and I watched it. Yes. It was cute. It was cute. It was funny. I always think they do great yeah, stuff. Yeah, they do. They do so, great stuff. Plus, it's clean. Yeah. Yeah. So they got lots of praise from uh-huh. the judges. Uh, Chrissy Teigen loved it because she has kids. They did a sketch yeah. on, they a spoof on like a kid's, kids show. show. Yes. And she loved it because she watches kids' shows all day. And Keenan thought it was great. Jeff Foxworthy thought it was great. So they moved on. Okay. So they will be on again. I'm not sure when, um, but this show is showing all summer. It was either Tuesday or Thursday night. Uh, Tuesday nights. Is it Tuesday nights? Tuesday nights on NBC. So they're going to show up again sometime, okay. but I don't know the schedule or when. So okay. just keep your eyes out. Keep your eyes out for that. I am super rooting for them. I just think they're great. My kids love Studio C yeah. so much. And I think it's just been great entertainment for them. And I get really excited anytime they get some good national exposure. I, I could so. not agree more because it's, um, I like to promote that. Again, you know, my kids like it too. So, yeah. okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about is um, on Netflix, there is, many of you are familiar with Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And this is kind of a, a thriller type of a show. Do you watch Stranger Things? You know, I watched, I probably watched about half of season one. Okay. And then I got distracted and I never got back to season one. So I haven't finished season one. So I haven't watched season two, mm-hmm. but season three has just come out. That's right. Now my 12 year old and my 15 year old, of course, have both binged on season three. They made it all the way through. Oh, yeah. They made okay. it all the way through. I've already. only watched the first two episodes and I fell asleep for half of the second episode yes. because I'm a parent. Exactly. But <laughs> I'm going to finish it. Okay. <laughs> of you of season three, you mean? Yes. Okay. So three. you've watched yes, one and I've two. I've watched all the seasons. Okay. So give us the premises about how this is set since you're a little more familiar with it than me. Oh, well, season three, just all the kids are... Well, no, it's set in the 80s. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's set in the 80s. Uh-huh. It's been following these kids and these, like, ghost, supernatural Paranormal things, type stuff. Which okay. is not usually my genre, but I do like Stranger Things. I anyway, know. so when it comes back now at season three, they're all, like, going through puberty and growing up. It's really weird so far. Like, I cannot get over these kids. Oh, okay. They're growing up on camera. But that's a side note. So, okay. <laughs> so they have a shout-out to Mormons on season three of Stranger Things. I did catch that. It was in the first episode and I was awake for that one. Okay. So <laughs> apparently Dustin, who is the curly head geek, uh, has fallen for a Utah girl at a science camp. So he's talking with his friend Max because he wants to reach out to this Utah girl. And he is saying to Max, or Max is saying to him, you know, I'm pretty sure people in Utah have telephones. And Dustin says, well, yeah, she's Mormon. And then another character says, oh, does this mean she doesn't have electricity? And they're like, no, 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 that's the Amish. (laughs) Somebody says, what are Mormons? And this is the quote. Super religious white people. They have electricity and cars and stuff. But since I'm not Mormon, her parents would never approve. It's all a bit Shakespearean. (laughs) Yes, we saw it and we were laughing. Because, you know, it's just, it's always funny and exciting when you're just casually watching a show and there's a random they threw out a, a Mormon random reference, Mormon reference. <laughs> but i mean it's kind of funny i'm like okay this apparently is the perception of the media is we are all just but very white people right. but the article was funny because it actually broke it down like by it the did. numbers like in the 80s when this supposedly took yes. place 
in the United States. We were very, very we were white. Very white. And then they broke it down like yes. versus today. Yeah. And in we the have United a little States, more diversity. We're still very, very white. <laughs> we have a little more diversity. <laughs> a little, but the article was saying not much has changed. Now, outside of the of States, course, yes. of course, the church um, has exploded in diversity right. outside of the United States. So it was kind of a funny article. It was a funny to article. See the actual breakdown. Yes. Like, were they accurate in. How they displayed this. And sadly, they were. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so. Anyway, so that was a fun one. Okay, we have to follow up. You know, last month we talked about the millionaire. Yes, and his the billboards, billboards in yes, Utah. His and the event in Utah. and the video of the event. And I still have not found anything telling me who he is. I'm still on the hunt for this. I will find this. I will I will ferret this out of There's someone. There's got to be a follow-up exactly. at some point in time. They can't so. just leave us hanging. No. So this one was hilarious. I was watching the Today Show earlier this week. You said you saw it too. Well, yeah. So so what happened was, is in response to this, right. there is a 24-year-old gentleman named Braden, who apparently is a recent graduate, I believe, of Brigham Young University. Right. And he has, he receives like a $2,400 bonus from his work. From his work. He works for Qualtrics. Yes. And he they give these employees these bonuses in lieu of a Christmas bonus. But yes. But they have to spend it on an experience outside of the office. Oh, I did not know yes. that. Oh, so he so explained to us what he did for his he experience. He takes his experience playing off of the Mormon millionaire billboards uh-huh. and says it's always been on his bucket list to be a billboard, to be on a billboard. And he makes his own billboard with his picture. And this is the quote. I think it's hilarious. He said, if the millionaire doesn't work out, here's your chance to settle for much, much less. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Anyways, the way I heard about this was they had him on the Today Show. Now, see, I'd seen this floating on the internet, and then I saw the Today Show. <laughs> I hadn't even seen it yet. I was okay. just so casually watching, the Today, watching the Today Show while I was getting ready in the morning, and they have this kid on, oh, this kid from Utah on a billboard. And so at first I was thinking, is this the millionaire? And then uh-huh. it showed his billboard, and they actually had him on and interviewed him uh-huh. about his billboards and the response he'd gotten from his billboards. And uh, so- it was funny. He was... What did he say about the response he's got? He said it had been overwhelming. He said he had gotten over 700 emails. Wow. And his website had been just exploding. Oh, wow. And he said that he was not expecting it to be that big. Uh-huh. And that he was hoping to eventually personally reply to all of those 700 emails. Oh, dang. And I was thinking as he was saying this, well, what's going to happen now that you're on the Today Show? You're going to get like twice Even as more. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, he was fun. He was your typical, you know, Provo boy. Okay. Well, you know, that is so interesting because I didn't know that the the company required them to spend it on an experience. Yeah. But here's where I think he's a little nuts. All it says is the company requires you to spend it on an experience outside of the office. Why is he not going to Hawaii? What in the world? Well, he, he, he'll go there on his honeymoon once he finds his eternal companion. He won't have any money left. He'll spend it all on the billboard. Well, you know, hopefully in a year or so, he won't do the two-week let's get married thing. In a year or so, he'll get another bonus, hopefully. and he can use that for his honeymoon. Hopefully. Anyways. I mean, I'm super impressed with his creativity. Like, if I were his boss, I'd be like, oh, dude, you get another you get another bonus just because your creativity was so high. I know. It did say in the article that all of his coworkers got huge kick out of it and that he be sh- he was sure to pick billboards 
in areas where he knew his coworkers yeah. were commuting yeah. and would see it. Yeah. So I think he had one in Pleasant Grove and one in Orem or something. Well, and you know so. what? That's his demographic right there. Not only will his coworkers see it, so will all those delightful those delightful sisters who might be interested in Brayden. That's right. Anyways. Uh, I think he's a little out of our age bracket. Good luck to you, Brayden. <laughs> we hope it works out. It's got to be, you know, it's not any crazier than no. getting on the swipe whatever sites. Yeah, right? I think that I think that one's <laughs> called mutual. The one that's like the the one that's LDS right. where you swipe and it's supposed to be like I don't know if it's supposed to be like Tinder or whatever right. it is. I think it's called mutual. Right. And he did say he got a lot of emails that weren't necessarily from girls, just uh-huh. from people saying Thanks so much. You made me laugh. You gave me a good laugh today. So that's kind of fun. You know what? If I were a betting person, I'm going to bet that something's going to come out of this billboard. I bet he meets someone. I'll we'll have to follow up I on that too. Get, I hope we get follow up on this. I, I do appreciate that he put his picture on it and owned who he was. Exactly. Unlike the millionaire. <laughs> exactly. He has transparency. <laughs> All right, let's move on to, again, in entertainment news, um, Mormon YouTube influencers. So the Daily Beast did an article on YouTube influencers shaping millions of teens' minds. The church is a big part of our lives, is the quote that they have. Mm -hmm. So the interviewer, which is someone by the name of Jordan Julian, interviews three YouTube influencers, interviews Summer McKean, and she is 20 years old. Apparently, she um, grew up in Oregon, and then she moved to California at the age of 18. And then they also interviewed uh, these twin sisters, Brooklyn and Bailey McKnight. And then they also have a younger sister. And Brooklyn and Bailey are around 19 or 20. Okay. They have a younger sister named Camry Noel, who is 13, and she is also an influencer. And then they interviewed a third influencer named, let's see if I can find it here, uh, Marla Henry, but her YouTube alias is Marla Catherine. So all, now Marla Catherine is out of all, out of all of these, the most openly, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is what I believe. Right. Um, the other ones, I mean, they certainly don't deny their church membership. They don't promote it as much as, mm-hmm. they don't promote it as openly as she does. But if you look at the products they're promoting, how they present themselves mm-hmm. and things like that, uh, you know, clearly right. they are members of the, members of the church. So, I ask my 12 year old because okay. she, she loves YouTube. She has her iPad. She's always watching stuff on YouTube. Right. I was going to say, this is, this is clearly meant for the younger crowd, these girls. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so I asked her, I said, do you know any of these girls? Uh-huh. The only ones that she knew and that she followed, uh, were, um, Brooklyn and Bailey, and then, of course, their younger sister, Camry Noel. Okay. And so I asked, I said, well, what are they like? And she said, oh, they promote a lot of beauty products. They have hair accessories and mascara and some makeup. And it's a lot of fashion. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fashion type stuff. And all three of these girls mm-hmm. uh, do kind of fashion type stuff. But it was really interesting because one of these girls, um, let's see, this, which one was it here? Um um, okay, so Summer McKean, uh, she had been, um, apparently she has, is she the one that has 
4 million followers. I think she has 1.4 million followers. She's got okay. a lot of followers. So she had been contracted to go to um, a Fiji trip. And so she's in this trip in Fiji and she's there with a whole bunch of other YouTube influencers. And so they, of course, are all out partying and doing mm -hmm. things like that. And she says, you know, it's kind of different because I'm obviously not going to party. I'm not going to drink alcohol. That's not part of my brand. I don't ever want to be, you know, seen in a situation like that because that's not part of who I am and that's not part of my brand. And, um, and so that can be challenging for them. Um, I guess it was, I guess it was, um, Marla Catherine, whose legal name is Marla Henry, is the one that has uh, 1.4 million followers. She was going to Coachella. And so mm -hmm. she had a whole big video about how do you find modest clothing to wear to Coachella. Mm -hmm. Coachella, I think is how it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. When everybody else is, who is there is trying to wear the least amount of clothing. And so she has a whole video on that. And she focuses a lot on being fashionable, mm -hmm. yet wearing modest clothing. So... You know, I'm, I am glad for these YouTube influencers because this is how they're reaching out to Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Our kids are Gen Z. They like these 10 minute snippets on YouTube. And I'm glad that my daughter is watching someone who is saying, you know, how can I be fashionable? Yet how can I be modest and show respect? Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, I think it's kind of cool what they're doing. This I is, hope they keep it up. This is fascinating to me, like how young they are to be yeah, doing this. Exactly. Like I cannot imagine my 12-year-old, almost 13-year-old yeah. having a YouTube channel. Exactly. Well, and this the this Marla Henry or the YouTube alias mm. Marla Catherine, she's 16 years old and and going to Coachella? And going to Coachella. Is that a good idea? Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> But she got a she got a contract and a gig to go there and stay in a fancy hotel and hopefully her mom went too. Well, I'm sure since she's a minor, I'm pretty sure that a legally a parent would have to go. But um, you know, she says basically, I want to make sure that my life is in line with the gospel as closely as possible, and I'm not going to let a festival temporarily detract from my standards. Uh -huh. So, again, good media. In, you know, sometimes yeah. we focus so much on negative influences in the media and social media that our kids see mm -hmm. that it's kind of nice to know that there's some good ones out there that they can follow that are going to represent values that right. you want your kids to emulate. Yeah. Fascinating. It is fascinating. In fact, one of the things that the article talked about was, you know, and I know we talked about this last year, we talked about Mormon mom, mommy bloggers. Right. So our generation is kind of the Mormon mommy bloggers and the kids we have, the Gen Z, they don't care about the blogging. They're into the YouTube. They're into huh. the YouTube. This is interesting. It's very interesting. It's so weird that there's like a whole yeah. another generation because a couple of those girls, I know in the article it said their mom used to do blogging about girl cute girl hairdos yeah. and videos and i think i remember watching some yeah. of those when my little i think that was the mcknight sisters when my little girls were like yeah. really little and she yeah. would put on how to do all these cool braids and stuff yeah. on your girls yeah. hair and i remember watching some of those and i'm like oh my goodness now her girls are like taking over the family business yeah exactly <laughs> it's fascinating it is it's <laughs> it's it's totally and completely fascinating yeah i i agree Anyway, all right. All right. Oh, we have to talk about uh, Millennial Choir and Orchestra. Yes, we do. So um, if now, you haven't heard of Millennial Choir and Orchestra. Yeah, explain what they are. They are a, it's not run by the church. It's a private 
choir and orchestra. In but fact, it was I, started by members of the church. Yeah. And, and I think when it was first started, according to the article Jeff wrote, they had used the Mormon moniker in their name until the church said, oh, oh. no, no, there is only one Mormon and only one choir. Oh, so you all have to pick something right. else. That makes sense. And this was before President Nelson came out with his whole, right. we are not Mormons anymore. So good thing they already had. And so they <laughs> picked the name, the Millennial Choir right. and Orchestra, when the church said, tusk, tusk, right. no confusion. And so they've been going for, I don't know how many years, many, many years now. Yeah. But they have... I, I, I don't know where they started. I'm assuming Utah, but no, they actually started in Southern California California is where they started. And then they've had like little branches here and there. So they have a Utah, they have a Boise, they have an Arizona. And I didn't realize till I read the article, they also have a Dallas now. Oh, okay. So they have these little local branches. The choir is non-denominational, but they do mainly sing a lot of Christian based hymns and they do concerts once a year. They also have a program for children yes a children's choir anyways so occasionally i don't know if they do it every summer they go on tour do they go on tour every summer i don't know if they go on tour every summer summer, but this summer they were on tour just like the tab cats so they do a tour and they basically let any of their choir members from any of the cities sign up and pay to go on this tour and then they kind of merge them together because they all sing the same songs throughout the year so this year they were set to go on tour in manhattan Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. So they were there this weekend. And as you probably heard this weekend, there was a big blackout. Little power outage in New York City. Power outage in New York City. And it was right before one of their performances. I think they did a couple performances. They had an A choir and a B choir. And so it was right before one of them. And so what they did was they hit the streets. They took their choir outside and they started singing in the streets. And there were all kinds of people, you know recording it and posting it online it was really cool so and i heard that some of the other musicals in new york city had done the same thing they came outside and sang a couple couple of songs and so it was cool they were singing i believe in christ in the video that i I saw well and jeff wrote a whole article on it that's on our this week in mormon site so be sure and check that out Mm -hmm. he also has links to the videos in there that people took and and posted one of the things that amazed me was, I mean, it almost looked like a Today Show concert. You know how, mm-hmm. like, you see the street on a Today Show concert and it's backed up with people? Right. Well, I guess when the lights went out, people just started kind of flooding out of right. the buildings outside. And so this choir is outside singing, and there are literally thousands of people listening to them and recording them singing. Mm-hmm. And I think, what a, what an awesome thing. Yeah, How cool, cool is that? Very and it cool. got, it's gotten a lot of coverage and retweets. So I know. Probably way, they, they got way more press coverage that way than way to make lemonade out of a lemon. Yes, for sure. All right. And then uh, another media story in the news. This is kind of a follow up to something that um, Jeff mentioned in last week's podcast, The Other Side of Heaven. Part two, right? They talk, opened up two weeks they ago. Talked about the numbers and the opening numbers. You saw it, so I want to hear about it. Yes. So Darren and I went and saw it, and we loved it. Oh, we really? absolutely loved it. I thought it was so well done. Uh-huh. Of course, um, Anne Hathaway is not in it, which I'm kind of glad. It would be really hard for me, you know, now seeing her in all sorts of other movies that I've seen her in, 
to to imagine her playing Elder Groberg's wife. It wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't be the same. No, the actress that they have that plays Elder Groberg's wife, she is from New Zealand. And every once in a while throughout the movie, her New Zealand accent uh-huh. slips through just a little bit. Does she look like Anne Hathaway? No, she well, she has the dark hair like Anne Hathaway, but but that's about it. But uh-huh. she is a very convincing mission president's wife and mother of lots of children. Okay. So I really liked her. The best character in the movie is uh-huh. the young Thomas. Monson. They found him in Australia. And I have to tell you, he is a dead ringer for Thomas Monson. Really? It is like looking at Thomas Monson, you know, 70 years ago. It's freaky. Okay. Anyway, he's he's a ringer for that. And I just, I really liked the movie. I really liked the message, the set design mm-hmm. and everything was just gorgeous. I didn't feel like it was made on the cheap or anything like mm-hmm. that. So okay, um, it is definitely one that when it comes out on DVD, my family's going to buy. So do you like it as much as the first? Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. In fact, in many ways, I liked it more than the first because mm-hmm. it really focused on, you know, I mean, they have kids and their family and mm-hmm. what's happening and all of that was very, very relatable as a parent. Mm-hmm. So, okay. If it is in your area, I recommend going and seeing it. If it's not, when you when it comes out on DVD, buy it on DVD because it's worth the money. Okay. Good to know. All right. And then I'll just we'll just do one other really quick follow-up. So I was in Winco yesterday. Okay. This is my star sighting of the week. Oh, you saw a star in Winco. I saw a star in Winco. In Boise, Idaho. In Boise, Idaho. And I should probably explain what Winco is for anybody who doesn't live in the Boise area, because there's a few of them in it. And um I think in Utah now, it is a grocery store that started out here in Boise and um, they sell food really cheap and they have good quality stuff. They're employee owned. They're local. I love supporting them. So I go to the Winco. I'm putting my groceries on the belt. I'm going down to the end of the belt because you have to bag your own groceries. Mm-hmm. And I look straight ahead and I swear to you, there was a gentleman there and his name is Travis uh, Ebern, Ebernhard. He plays the little person that is in uh, 17 Miracles and Ephraim's Rescue. And I just looked at oh. him like my eyes, like he was there with his parents. At uh-huh. least I presumed it I was his parents. I had a class with him at BYU. Get out of town. Yeah, he was in a film class I was okay. in. Okay. That was before he was in all the fancy the movies. movies. So I looked at him and I'm like, because at first I was like, he looks familiar. And then I realized who he was. And then I heard him speak to his parents and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so him. He has a very distinctive boy voice. And they got up and laughed at that time because I thought about going and saying something to him, but I was like, oh, I don't want to be one of those pesky people. <laughs> I get home and tell my husband, who loves 17 uh-huh. Miracles, he freaked the freak out. He's like, why did you not go say hi to him? And I'm like, well, because I didn't want to be obnoxious. So is he from Boise? No, he's not from Boise. I looked him up, his uh-huh. his biography, he's living in California. In fact, he's kind of living where the earthquake happened. So I don't know why he was up here or what he was doing, but he was eating pizza at the Winco. Interesting. Maybe he, he was getting sick of ac- aftershocks, so he retreated to Idaho for a few weeks. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, off subject. Let's get back to let's get back to the news at hand. All right. What's next? Okay. Some so news the, stories. The next one is there is a New York Times article that came out. And in this New York Times article, they're kind of doing a follow-up. It was about a year ago that, of course, President Nelson announced and said, hey, we don't we, we don't want to be Mormons anymore. We want to refer to ourselves as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or if you want something short, Latter-day Saints. 
And so that came out in August of last year. And we all kind of went, okay, yeah, that's nice, President Nelson. And then he got a lot more serious about it in conference. Anyway, so this article is a follow-up on how members of the church have accepted that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. You know, they go through different people saying, you know, yeah, it's easy. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it feels more comfortable. Yeah, I'm still struggling with it. Mm -hmm. But the most interesting part of the article was at the end of the article, they talk about um, the choir that was formerly known as the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Right. They knew that they would have to rebrand themselves. And so it took them a while to mull some of their options before they landed at the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. And then they had to sort sort through their swath of legal issues and mm-hmm. copyrights and things like that. And I thought this was really interesting. Their choir president, who is a gentleman by the name of Ron Jarrett, Apparently, they don't mind tab cats as a as a as a shortened catchy nickname. So we can continue to call them tab cats, right. knowing that it will not offend them because it sounds like they were on board with the mo tab. They loved the mo tab. They they liked their catchy name, and so they're 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 fine with the tab cats. Great. Okay. Or they said tea cats. I don't like tea cats as well as I like tab no, it cats. Has to be tab cats. I think it has to be tab cats too. All right. Very good. You know, but speaking of which, that reminds me, and one of the reasons we were talking about this was, so my daughter Katie went to girls camp, and of course, one of the songs she learned at girls camp was the Mormon boy the song. The Mormon boy song. If you have ever been to girls camp, you have probably learned this exactly. song. You know, it goes, I have, uh, a, I, I know have a Mormon, Mormon boy, he is my pride, pride and joy. joy. He knows most everything from Alma on down. Woo! Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> And so she came home singing that song. Now, your daughter didn't yes, go to girls' camp because she's going to track. Camp. So your daughter came home and taught it to my daughter. And, and I remember the first thing I thought was, they're still teaching that at camp? It hasn't been banished? Apparently, it hasn't <laughs> been banished. Apparently, it's just a lot longer to go, I know, a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints boy. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it has not been banished. At least, at least, at least not in your heathen ward. At least not in my heathen <laughs> ward. So fascinating. Anyway, I have a feeling that is one that will continue to live in perpetuity. Yes, as long as girls go to girls camp, they will sing about the Mormon boy. Your daughter taught my daughter. My daughter taught her sisters. So I have heard nothing but Mormon boy in my house over the past week from all of my girls so sorry (laughs) they're like even the little ones they don't even know what it means but they like it because it's catchy it's catchy well just think how well we've prepared them for when they reach girls camp (laughs) that's right we'll see if it's still going strong by then okay (laughs) so all right oh next article that we just wanted to hit on really quick there was an article you found it online i did it was actually on a website called outsports.com, which I believe is for LGBTQ athletes. athletes. Yeah, um, I, I think so. I don't know that for sure, right. but I'm guessing by right. that title that it probably so is. So this was an essay written by a girl who is at BYU. Her name is Emma Gee. She's 21 years old, and she is an athlete at BYU. Track and field. Track and field. She's a runner. And she uh, is bisexual. And so she wrote this article for this website, just kind of explaining her time at BYU, explaining what it's like to be an athlete at BYU. um, And she's still at BYU. She's still there. She's got one more year. She'll graduate next spring, I think. And so she talks about um, 
that she is not the only athlete at BYU who's LGBTQ, and she knows that. But she's one of the very, very few that has come out openly about yes. it. Yes. And so it was really interesting to read her article because I thought it gave just a really good perspective as to what it was like for her. Yeah. So she talks about her time at BYU before she came out and, and how she felt. And she's very honest and yes. very open with her feelings yeah. on what it was like to be there and how hard it was to be there. Um, and just how conflicted she felt about being there, wanting to be there, but, you know, being worried yeah. constantly about the honor code office and, and just being nervous and feeling like she wasn't being open and honest. And then, uh, I guess she was at one point in time going to counseling and through counseling decided that she needed to be just more open about this. <clears throat> And so she said the first thing she did was she came out to the BYU athletic administrator, Liz Darger, and she said she was supporting and accepting. And she said after she did that, she actually started racing better. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? That is, I mean, it makes a lot right. of sense. She just felt like a weight had been lifted. Exactly. And she dropped her times. Wow. Um, and then... After she, you know, she came out to her yes. parents, she talks a little bit about that, although most of, mostly this essay is just about her time at BYU. Yeah. And then she talks about um, how she came out to her teammates shortly, a few months yeah. later. And she said that they were at like cross country camp and she just said it. She just blurted it out um, and said, you know, I love running with you guys. I just want to let you know I'm bisexual. And she said her teammates just said, we love you, Emma. And they, yeah. kept, they kept running yeah. and nothing changed. And her coach wasn't phased. Her coach was like, whatever, we love you. And it yeah. was not a big deal. Um, and she just talked about what a community she felt uh -huh. uh, with her teammates and that safe place uh -huh. coming out with them. And uh, so it's it was a good essay. Yeah. It just talked about this kind of journey she's been on. Exactly. Going through this at BYU. And I... I just love to hear how her teammates supported her so much. And I think that's a great thing about teams and yeah. athletics um, is I really just think you can, you get so bonded yeah. when you're on a team like exactly. that, that those are your people. And I'm not surprised at all. No, that they just rallied around yeah. her and were like, no big deal. Yeah. So, well, and we should say, of course, she hasn't acted on this, which is why she is still eligible to be at BYU. Right. But I'm certainly glad that this is, I mean, in the past when people have come out and made these sort of statements, you know, there has been a real stigma, especially at mm -hmm. BYU and, oh, we're calling you into the honor code office and, you know, the honor code office presuming your guilt when you've never even done anything because you're openly admitting this. And, and I think especially with the changes in the honor mm -hmm. code office and how students are reacting that, that, that is, um, that is, that, former culture is, mm -hmm. is changing so that, you know, she can, she can say who she is, right. you know, and, and still be able to be at school and right. run and do those things. Because again, the honor code asks everyone, whether you're gay, straight or bisexual, if you're, you know, if you're not married, right. you have certain standards right. you need to keep. If, if you're living the honor code, yeah. um, no matter what, yeah, you should be okay. And she finally felt like she was in a place where she exactly. would, she could be okay to to be open. Yeah. So 
I don't know. It was, it, it was a cool article and great to hear it from her perspective. It was. And, and that's what I liked about the article was she was very open and very much her perspective in that article. Yeah. Okay. All right. On to our favorite section, Mormons behaving badly. Oh, boy. <laughs> so many. So many in the last few weeks. I don't know if this next one is kind of... It has some hilarity in it in a really kind of twisted way. It's kind of funny, sad. Funny, I don't sad. Know. <laughs> it, this is a local one. This is local to Boise. This is a local one. So this one came out in June, I think. And I was reading the article and you wouldn't even know that the guy was LDS until a certain part. So this okay. guy gets arrested because his 97-year-old mother who lived with him passed away at some point over the past year, not exactly sure when, and they discovered that he had wrapped her up and put her in an SUV on his property and not well, alerted actually, authorities or buried her. The SUV was about a mile from her property. Okay. Or from his property. Okay. So so what so, had happened is she's living with him. Right. And she passes away. We don't know how. And I'll let you tell the rest oh. what he does then. So then... Uh, People are like, well, where's where's your mom for a long time? Uh -huh. And finally, the police go and investigate yes. because it's, people have been like, I haven't seen her for like a year. Yeah. So police go and investigate, and they find out that he she had passed away, assuming in his home, and he dressed her in her religious temple attire. That was the quote from the article, yeah. which made me say, uh-oh, and wrapped her up, put her in a body bag. First hid the body in a bathroom in his house and yeah. then moved it to the SUV like a mile away. And they suspect she had been there for about a year. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. But they don't know for sure. Long times. And then also they found some stolen artwork in his house that he says a friend gave him to borrow. I oh, know. I missed that part of weird, it. Weird things happening. Well, the and I think what triggered it was um, her social security checks were going into an account that had both their names on them. Now, they they don't say whether or not he took the money out of the account, but somebody triggered Social Security to say, hey, we haven't seen her. We think she might be dead. Right. And so the police go out there and say, hey, we want to see your mom. And he says, oh, she's not here. She's visiting a relative somewhere. And they say, great, let's FaceTime her. Nope, can't FaceTime her. Great, let's call. Nope, can't call her. And so right. he's behaving rather bizarrely. It's not good. So right now he triggers a search warrant. Right. So right now he's charged with failure to report a death. Yes. But it says there will probably be more charges coming because they're investigating to see if this was a social security fraud. Yeah, incident. exactly. I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be really interesting to see because if if the money is just going into an account with both of their names and he never spends a dime out of it, then I don't see how it could be fraud because he has to have converted the funds. Mm -hmm. But we don't know if he's converted the funds. I will say this. He lives in my stake. And that's fun. I think I was telling you because you were thinking that this was kind of a, um, a, uh, I assumed a he lower was, class. I assumed he was in it for the money situation. He was desperate for money. And, and, and who knows? He may very well be. I don't, I don't know. But the house he lives in is like a 10,000 square foot house. It's an enormous McMansion. Yikes. Yeah. So, but I also read something in the article that said he had some type of, Severe head injury. 
like back in 2017. Oh. Doesn't that make you wonder? That, that could impact his decision making. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more to come out on this particular story, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, it raised a lot of, uh, of interest here in the Boise area. Yeah. All right. Our last case of Mormons behaving badly. Uh, this one happened in Utah. So a South Jordan man, he was accused of sextortion and arrested with a $500,000 bond. So there is a gentleman by the name of Gabe Ryan Gilbert. And what he was charged with, again, allegedly, contacting juvenile girls on social media, threatening to photo edit nude images of them if they would not send him real nude pictures. This went on for several years. Apparently, there were 50 teens that he had done this to, that he had said, you know, hey, I'm going to Photoshop images of you. I'm going to send them to your grandma. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that unless you send me pictures and videos. So they they get this report from this 15-year-old girl uh, about his behavior. Mm-hmm. So they go to uh, to his house to knock on the door to have a little chat with him, only to find out that he was serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Mexico and had left about two months earlier. Bef- uh, earlier after right. the, this extortion case happened that he was re- that was reported. There were many, many cases that apparently were never reported. Anyway, so um, what happens then is um, they get in contact with the mission president, or I think maybe his his mom called the mission president. She called the mission president and explained, hey, the cops are here looking for my son. Need to uh, talk to him on this uh, sextortion case. And um, the mission president called him in and interviewed him, and then apparently promptly sent him home, but didn't exactly tell the police they sent him home. And so the police then found out a little bit later he was home. So they go over to his house and his parents refused to tell the police uh, where he is and said, you can't talk to him without a lawyer. Okay. This is crazy to me. This I mean, is so crazy. The whole story is crazy. But the parents, I mean, yeah. I would be like, here he is. Take him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I would too. And, and you know, it's interesting because the officer told the parents, they said, look, you know, he's an adult and he doesn't have to speak with us, but you can't hide him. So you better tell us where he is. So, um, Anyway, they, they eventually got an arrest warrant for him. Uh, I don't know, but, you know, I can see him storming in the house, breaking down doors, going, come on, you're coming out with us. So. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> can you imagine being his companion? No. They probably have no idea. They're probably in Mexico going, well, he got sent home. He must have done something. Exactly. They'll figure it out someday when they get back to the States. Exactly. <laughs> unless, unless like the companion's parents knew his name and, you know, maybe seen in the, in the news or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, and here's the other thing that I wonder about too. And again, this is pure speculation on my part. Um, was he still doing this while he was on his mission? I mean, they all have phones now. True. You know, I, I don't know if his phone, you know, how his phone would let him connect with, you know, back to the States. But I just have a hard time believing that if you've done that over a series or over a course of time and you got 50 victims involved, 
I don't think you can stop cold turkey. Right. And wasn't one of them only like two months before he left? Yeah. It the, was very The one recent. they were investigating happened two months before he left. Yeah. So. Hmm. Alrighty, so we'll see what happens with that case. Yikes. All right. All right. Mormons behaving badly. We hope you do better next month and we don't have to talk about you. I know. <laughs> Although, thank you for, you know, the vibrant content you provided us this month. All right, shall we move on to favorite things? Yes. Let's do some favorite things. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go first. I am going to share my favorite thing this past month that has been making me laugh. Okay. Which is much needed in the month of July. It, laughing is always a good thing. Are two Instagram accounts that I think are pretty funny. Okay. First one is hilarious. This is my favorite funny Instagram account. It's called Kids Are the Worst. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a Instagram account geared towards obviously moms yes. and, and dads who need a little humor in their life. And I promise you, this woman really does love her children. Exactly. <laughs> her tagline is, like after her title is, it's okay to laugh. You were the worst once too. <gasps> oh yeah, that's so true. Maybe what? you weren't the worst, but mom would definitely <laughs> say I was. So Arianne, for you folks out there, she was an angel child. She did nothing wrong growing up. She was always mom's favorite. <laughs> I was a good kid. You were a very good kid. You don't deserve some of the children you have now. I deserve those children. <laughs> so anyways, if you need a good laugh, if you were a mom or a dad trying to make it through the summer, you need a good laugh, okay. go look at this account. And kids are the worst. She just puts up funny memes about parenting and kids. And I just think she's hilarious and has a great sense of okay. humor. I'm going to have to go follow her. I don't so, follow that one. Her name is Anna McFarlane. McFarlane and the account is kids are the worst. Um, another funny one I came across recently. My husband told me about this one. It's called basic Provo bro. And he is clearly a singles ward, single guy from Provo. Yes. And he also posts funny memes. Half of them I get half of them. I don't probably cause I'm not a single guy in Provo, <laughs> but my favorite thing that he posts is, Oh, this is good. Once a month. He has first Sunday of the month, first Sunday of the month. He has people submit their quotes from fast and testimony meetings of like crazy, random, weird things they hear <laughs> in singles wards in Provo. And then he'll post them. And yeah, clearly most of these are from singles wards in Provo. And then he'll post these random quotes from testimony meeting, um, about like, oh, I don't know. There was one he posted this last month about not going to see Endgame because the prophet wouldn't watch anything PG-13. Yeah. I don't know. They're just funny. Exactly. So if you just go once a month to his account for the fast and testimony meeting quotes, you'll be enriched. Yes. <laughs> All about right. You? What's your favorite so thing? So my favorite thing is I'm going to do a throwback. This Saturday, the 20th of July represents 50 years since we landed on the moon. Now, Probably most of our listeners were not alive then, but sadly I was. Now, <laughs> albeit I was not very young and I do not recall the moon landing, but I've been obsessed with it ever since. I've been obsessed <laughs> with the 60s and the time that I was born into. Anyway, there is a show, a 10-part series, our 10-episode series that ABC did a few years ago called the Astronaut Wives Club. And it is all about the wives of these astronauts, and it runs from 1960 through 1969. And it is so fascinating. It is so well done. It's based on a super well-researched book. Um, if you go to the ABC app, it is free on the ABC app. So you can watch the 10 episodes for free, no charge, 
And I highly recommend it. I mean, just even for the mm-hmm. 60s fashion alone, the costuming is done so well. And they've got good music and the characters are spot on. I love it. I it's probably really I probably watched it two or three times. And I've been itching to watch it again in honor of the moon landing. Mm-hmm. But I've had no time. Right. So I'm going to try and fit that in if I can. It's very good. The book was also good too. Did you read the book? Uh, yes, I did. I mm-hmm. read the book. The book was very good as well. Um, but uh, like I said, I'm recommending the miniseries ABC app. All right. 10 episodes. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us. So Twim Nation, thank you very much for listening. And as always, you can find This Week in Mormons on our Facebook site. Uh, we, of course, have our website, thisweekinmormons.com. There's a Twitter for This Week in Mormons, uh, Instagram for This Week in Mormons, or if you just want to talk directly to Jeff, the chief boss, mail, or you can send an email at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. We appreciate your listening, and That's sayonara. Right. <laughs> we'll see you next month. Let's get it on!